Podcast, episode 54. My name is Jason Ariola, your host, and joining me today is John Lucero. Uh, thanks for having me. And that is it. We're, we're a two-man podcast again. Uh, yeah, anyway. So we're going to try something a little different today. We're going to keep things a little bit more tight by... We're actually going to have timers on our sections or subjects we talk about. Games, if we've talked about it before, we'll have a five-minute limit. And games, if we haven't talked about it before, ten-minute limit. And news stories based on, let's say, interesting conversational points will live it to five or ten minutes, but I figure this way we kind of keep the show on the road, and maybe we can actually get out a show on a weekly basis instead of a bi-monthly basis, I suppose, that we've been, so. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and start with what we've been playing. John, you wanted to talk about uh, Battlefield, the Battlefield beta, or do you want to go on uh, Resident Evil 4 first? Uh, talk about the Battlefield beta, I guess. I, uh, okay, hold on, hold on. What do you think? What do you think? Five minutes on that one? Yeah, why not? Okay, sure. and go. Okay, uh, let's see. The Battlefield 1 beta uh, was um, not this last week. Uh, was it last weekend? Week before? Anyway, it was the end of August. Uh, and it had one map, a desert map in Africa. I forget what it's called. Um, and it, as anyone who doesn't know Battlefield 1 is, it is a Battlefield game set in World, set in world War I. Um, I... I'm generally not the biggest Battlefield fan. I have not liked three or four. The last one, I did like Bad Company two quite a bit. I was just going to say, if you don't say Bad Company two, you are off the podcast. But go ahead. Bad Company two, Bad Company two was a fantastic game. <laughs> um, that that being said, I think Battlefield one is more on my radar now than it was before the beta. That game is it. It feels really good. It uh, being able to ride a horse. And as as the cavalry and take people down with a saber is one of the most satisfying games I've done, done satisfy, satisfying things I've done in a multiplayer game in quite a long time. Okay, it's that's it's pretty great. Um, so how big are how big are these maps and uh, how many players are you playing with at the same time? Uh, I think it supports sixty four on uh, with on conquest. I believe Holy it supports shit. up to sixty four. Okay, uh, it I think thirty two on thirty two. Uh, I could be wrong. I didn't play a lot. Of, I didn't play a lot of conquest. That was more rush, and that's I believe twenty four people. Okay. I don't remember. I, but so uh, ballpark. yeah, uh, the maps are uh, the rush map is about half the size of the conquest map. It cuts off about it cuts off about yeah about a half a third maybe of the of the full map, and it rushes the one team has to set bombs and move up the map while the other team tries to defend these these bomb points. And then conquest is uh, domination. It's ca- or capture the flag. It's just capture the capture the points and hold. Um, the and the maps are very large because to support all that plus with vehicles, uh, the the desert map. They and they, and all these maps. Uh, maybe all of them. I think have a special uh, vehicle. At least in conquest mode, they do uh, that. The a team can unlock by holding a certain point at a certain at a certain time. And you, in this map, it had the armored train, um, which has a bunch of cannons on the side and just rides around the map, and you just unleash hell upon anyone that you, that you come across. Okay. Um, so, um, okay, let's let's get on like class loadouts. Um, what kind of classes are we talking here? Uh, your your standard battlefield, uh, except for you know, from your assault, support, medic, uh, recon, or sniper, whatever the sniper is called, scout, maybe. Uh, and then I think the new the new one is, the new one is the 
tank class, which report which which uh, replaces like the mechanic. Okay. And and you get your own. It comes with its own special weapon, and you spawn in a tank, of course. Whenever you spawn, and also the cavalry class, when you spawn on a horse, you get a, a Winchester rifle. Uh, I think it's a win- it's a real lever action. It's a great rifle, actually. The best one. I think it was the best one. Okay. Now uh, the tanks you get are these like the very slow, cumbersome tanks that we're kind of all familiar with from the uh, like the later days of World War One. Yeah, there's. Uh, I remember right there. There. They uh, they handle like a t- like a typical uh, battlefield vehicle. There are three kinds: there's a light, there's a light one, which is a single man tank. There is the middle, the mid range, uh, which I think holds four maybe, and then the larger one, the land ship, which holds six or eight or something like that. It's a it holds a lot of people. Okay, uh, we're we're coming up on about a minute here. Okay, uh, the tanks are very powerful in this game because the there's very few tools that. Uh, that was one thing. I feel like there are very few tools to deal with tanks within some of the other classes, but uh, so. But I mean, it's pretty accurate for World War One. So I don't know. If, I don't know how much of a complaint that is. Uh, overall, it's a really good game. I I'm more interested now in it than I was before, and I'm more. I switched. I switched my position. I think I'm more interested in this than I am in Titanfall Two. Okay. I'll probably I'll probably still play them both, but. This one, this beta did more for me than the Titanfall beta did. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so would you say, like, server-wise, we're coming up on about 20 seconds here, server-wise, pretty reliable so far? No, servers were garbage. I'm sorry, okay. they were, it was, it was awful. Okay. It was really bad. Well, but, that's, I mean, so that's a little disconcerting. That's, yeah, that's Battlefield for you from what I've seen in the last few. So, if you're, if you're looking at this, I'd say be prepared for your typical Battlefield server problems, honestly. Okay. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah, so it's a little bit of a... Would you say? And, ooh, oh, ooh, and, ooh. and glitchy, and very glitchy. And very yeah. glitchy. Okay. Oh, there we go, and we're done. Okay, how about that? Good timing there. Okay, so we have. Oh, let me see. So that, that was our battlefield talk there. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and. Uh, well, pretty much the only thing I really want to talk about is uh, Attack on Titan, and I think what five minutes for that one. I can't really imagine going on for yeah. ten minutes about that game. Okay. Yeah, right. go for it. Let's do it. So, Attack on Titan. I'm uh, playing it on the PS4. Um, if you're not familiar with Attack on Titan, humanity has been drawn to the brink of ex- uh, extinction um, by these giants that fall from the sky, but they're being held back by these walls around the last human settlement. I don't understand how they don't just drop from the sky into the city, because they seem to drop from the sky everywhere else, but anyway. Um, you, it's, it's basically a, really a tall this, wall. What was that? <laughs> it's a really tall wall. It's, a, it's, a, it's also a bubble, maybe. Maybe there's an invisible <laughs> bubble, yes. Um... <laughs> The like the only way that these uh, giants can be taken down is with a uh, sword attack to the nape of the neck, and it's a very precise attack. And the only way they can you know get up there because these things are you know literally giants, so they're gigantic or titans or whatever you want to call them. Sorry, I get used to calling them giants because my daughter likes calling them giants. Um, <laughs> so whatever. Anyway, um, so they have this like. I think it's like omnidirectional movement gear. I it's some crazy name. But anyway, basically it just shoots strings out out of the sides of these characters, and they can go flying about. Basically, think like uh, like two webs at once, Spider Man. If you've never seen Attack on Titan, and these are what these guys are flinging about with swords in their hands. It's a pretty cool thing to watch. Uh, anime series as a whole, stupid. I would say I like it, but it's dumb. Um, Story is ridiculous. Uh, I've, 
I've seen about half of it. That's not, I'm not a fan. It's but yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm into it for the combat scenes. Basically, uh, it's just it's yeah. fun to watch. I'm not really like that interested in the story. Um, combat. It's oddly this is an Omega Force game, meaning it's a Musou game or a Dynasty Warriors game, and it's it doesn't really throw like a huge amount of titans at you, and the movement controls are actually like pretty great. I mean, despite everything that I think like you know most Dynasty Warriors kind of fight against this game actually is a lot of fun to play. Like, there's not really a lot of tedious stuff to it. Um, you can attack the, um, the arms, the legs, and the, uh, and the nape of the neck, and attacking certain parts that are... Basically, when you latch onto a titan, like you target it, you latch onto it um, with your spider web, we'll call it, I don't know, <laughs> your zip lines, <laughs> and you can you, you basically fly around the thing trying to uh, attack it, uh, certain portions of it that, as you flip through, will be will have like a little gold thing in it that you can attack, and you'll get items, or basically, um, what am I thinking? I'm like stuff to upgrade your equipment with. So it's kind of good idea to do that if you can afford it. As you're flying through the city, it actually feels really good. Like I, I am very like impressed, like how well they actually conveyed the speed and the sense of like movement of these things. Um, you'll have like random characters that will, I guess kind of like in the other Dynasty Warriors games, that they'll ask for help in the middle of a fight or something. But rather than the Dynasty Warriors thing where they're on the other side of the map, you're like, okay, there's no way I'm going to get over there. But in 10 minutes, it'll take you maybe 30 seconds from go to one edge of the map to the other if you're just blasting through on the uh, on the gear thing. So it's it's a surprising amount of fun, and the story's still pretty stupid because um, <laughs> it basically just follows the anime slash manga but ultimately, like, this is kind of one of those things that, like, I wanted to play just because I was like, I wanted to see if they could nail this. Because I heard the 3DS game is kind of garbage, and I wanted to, I wanted, wanted, wanted this thing to work right. And it seems like it's working right so far. So, um, okay. I'm not even done with the first chapter yet, but, like, just killing the giants is just really satisfying. And the movement's really satisfying. So, yeah, that's... Hey. Have you uh, noticed any of that Muso game re- repetition yet? Has it like, started to sink in at all, or you, does it still like feel really good? You know, it still feels really good because it's not you going through hundreds of these things. Like at most, I think there was maybe a dozen, a dozen and a half on the map at a time. So it it, it does sort of lend to this, like, okay, that these enemies are actually important, and they're not all easy takedowns. Like you do some of the abominations or abnormals. The abnormals is what they're called. You. Um, you you have to attack them multiple times, whereas most of the other titans, if you're if you're keeping up with your equipment, you can wipe them out in one hit to the back of the neck, basically. So okay. it's kind of a it's a lot more fast paced, and none of the levels seem to take as long as like a lot of the uh, like older Dynasty Warriors things. I I played Dynasty Warriors eight recently, and oh man, that game is hot garbage. Like <laughs> I don't I mean, understand like yeah. how Dynasty Warriors Gundam is good, Hyrule Warriors at least plays decently, even if it's dumb and but like, like this game plays like a good game. So, and, okay, nice yeah. to hear actually. Yeah, so I I picked it up for like forty dollars because I had like a coupon from Best Buy and the Gamers Club thing or whatever. So I was like, oh yeah, great purchase. So, so it's a, it's a discounted game or at least not not a sixty dollar game. No, it's a sixty dollar game. I picked it up for forty after the discount oh, and the oh. coupons. And if you had any other questions, I guess that's just tough luck there. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So next up, uh, you've been playing Resident Evil Four for the PlayStation Four. Do you want five or ten minutes on the clock for that? Uh, let's go ten. I don't know if I'm going to fill it out, but we can talk at least. I feel like we can have more conversation about this one. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the last two have been kind of minimal. So all right, 
and begin. All right, I've been playing Resident Evil 4, uh, the re-release, because Capcom's goal to re-release that game on every console ever released after the PS2 is still successful. After the GameCube, uh, remember? That was the original console. Oh, the GameCube. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I played it on PS2 first, but I, I apologize. It looks better <laughs> on that GameCube, too, so... It plays better than the PS2, because that, that controller's better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna, well, I don't know. Going back to the DualShock now, it's pretty terrible. Anyway, go and, ahead. The, and the PS2 version had the extra eight emissions on it. So. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the, it, the new PS4 version is basically just a graphical update. Uh, the game still looks really good for how, how old it is. It, they haven't done anything. Cr- it's not like a... It's not a, uh, a review of, a, of anything. It's more of a it's spit a, and polish than a remake. Yeah, just uh, they clean. They cleaned it up. The character models uh, look. Re- they still look really good for, for a what is it? Ten year old game now. Eleven year old game. Yeah, ballpark uh, there. Yeah. It it's still. I was every time I put. I played that game. Uh, I played on three sixty a couple of years ago, and then I'm playing on this now. Every time I start to play it, I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to be terrible at it. Because of how different it is from how games play now, mm-hmm. with the stop, with the stop and, and precise aiming, but it just eventually after a little while, you just kind of fall back into place. It's uh, it feels great. That game, I think that game is one of the best paced games ever made for how long it is. It's it's pretty nonstop. Uh, it's got the the combat encounters are still hold up. They're uh, they're great. They they time out the. Uh, as the release of enemies super well, uh, as it builds upon, and then it mixes in like the uh, Doctor the Doctor Salvador, everyone's favorite chainsaw, uh, uh, burlap sack wearing chainsaw wielding maniac. Uh, oh yes, you know I, I, we talked about it a little off the air. I'll, I'll make it quick. This is where uh, that fight was what made me purchase a uh, memory card with everything unlocked for it on the GameCube on eBay. Uh, yeah, so anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've gotten to the point where those guys aren't as scary as they were when I was younger. I've gotten pretty good at, at dealing with them. Uh, I'm about I'm halfway through. I just finished the castle area, so um, moving into the end game. And as you play in the castle area, that game I think is what really reminds you how much of a video game as video game Resident Evil Four is. As you as you're being chased chased by a statue of a, of, a, of the midget. Uh, of the midget that you're trying to kill um yeah it's still really good but that being said this version doesn't really add anything i mean it's got the eight emissions if you never if you've never played those but i mean those have been out for 10 years now too yeah two different Uh, generations of consoles yeah yeah i mean and then the wii version uh but yeah it's right yeah Still, just I've heard good things about the Wii version actually. You know, from let's, 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 let's run this down real quick. So, Resident Evil Four has been on GameCube, PS2, Xbox 360, PS3, right? It got ported to PS3. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so it's on PS3. It's on the Wii. Now it's on PS4 and Xbox One. And PC. It's, it's also oh, on PC. and PC. So this game is officially on more consoles than the Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past is, which is almost ridiculous. It's uh, it, and I am. Uh, I think I like this game more than Link to the Past. That's 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 kind. Of that's that's an opinion. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're both really good. It's kind it's kind of like what what, what am I playing at that point in time? Which one I like more? Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, right now it's Resident Evil Four. Anyway, it's it is kind of hard to recommend to people that have played it a lot unless you're just 
like me just Super I, into I it. like I just like to play through it like uh, to play through that game feels really good every couple of years and uh, uh, it, it's like I think it's $20 which is quite a bit for uh, another re-release of this game with no enough it's got very minimal achie- uh, trophies and achievements it's uh, not even a platinum on it was uh, uh do you remember if there was like or are the achievement lists and trophy lists like similar to the like previous generations list or are they like it's the same as the 360 ps3 ones i want to okay. say it's pretty i want to say it's the same kind of achievement which i was pretty disappointed in uh, uh, it's it. I don't need those for me to play the game, but I I thought there was a lot of things in that game you can make it. You can make cool trophies for. I think it's just pretty lazy on Capcom's part not to put in a little bit of effort into just uh, creating some creating some fun trophies for people to to get in their hundreds playthrough of this game. Yeah, but, uh, and, I, and I, I guess twenty dollars though really isn't that bad of an investment, for, especially considering this is largely considered to be the like peak of the series for a lot of people. Especially sounds like you. Yeah, it's it's the, it's definitely the peak. I like I like remake a lot, and and two's good two's good for how old it is. But um, yeah, four is my four is my favorite. Okay. And it's I mean it's not like a short game. It's like a fifteen twenty hour game depending on how good you are at the game. Uh, if you've never played it, I highly recommend. This is like this is a great time to look. This is the best version, uh, at least graphically. At least until the next uh, generation of consoles comes out. Yeah, at least until it gets re-released on the PS5, uh, or the PS4 gets a pro version. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, let's, uh, uh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. It's, what I don't know. I know your your experience with this game are different than mine. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and the the stop and aim is prob. it's gonna be I feel like it might be hard for people now that have never played it before maybe hard to jump in I, I find it, it adds a little tact, little uh, little more tacticalness to the to the combat you know you gotta be uh, a lot of position uh, be wary of your positioning at all times and also uh, I mean if you think about it not a lot of people are uh, really capable of accurately shooting while they're moving you know yeah, and I I think Dead Space was the, the best uh, update of, the, of this one by adding the movement into it. Right. And the, but and you it, still move pretty slow in Dead Space. It, yeah, I was gonna uh, say it was pretty limited movement, as I remember. Like the speed, it kept you pretty like, I guess, realistic in that sense, where you you would never ru- be running full blast at something yeah. shooting because you would just be shooting everywhere. You still you can move, but it's a very deliberate slow pl- or slow pace, so you can still like keep your aim true. Yeah, and uh, I'm a big Dead Space fan too. I love Dead Space one and two, uh, three, whatever. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, if, I mean, if you it was a good uh, just side note, there's a good updated version. Of this kind of this kind of gameplay, if you want, if you like this kind of gameplay quite a bit, uh, it's a, a good one to go to also. But yeah, yeah Resident Evil th- four, ten years old, holds up really well. Uh, if you I feel like this is only though if you really if you just want to really play it or never played it. Uh, it's not going to offer anything new. Which, uh, yeah, so yeah. if you, so, so say like you played on the PS2, GameCube, and skipped it entirely on the PS2 or uh, PS3, 360, Wii generation, like this would probably be a nice time to go and like revisit it. If you played it on the last generation and you feel like you kind of drained it for everything it was worth and you're not really wanting to play it again, then probably just skip. Yeah, uh, and if you've never played it, play it. 
it's it's one of those games that every I think everyone should at least at least try. Yeah, I think it holds yeah. up very well. I mean, it's it's one of those games. I think it's going to kind of go go down as like a timeless classic, even if like yeah. you said, like the movement and the shooting, like it feels a little weird now, especially since like you think about like like you mentioned, Dead Space feels a little bit more natural, where at least you can yeah. move somewhat. But I think this is one of those games that it, like it. Again, we talked about off the air. Like it was doing something very unique and new, and I think it did it very well. And it is something that has held up through time so far. I mean, granted, it has been ten years. Who knows? Maybe ten years from now, we'll kind of look back and like, well, God, that hasn't held up as well as we thought it did. But I really doubt it. This is kind of one of those like Capcom masterpieces. It's, that I think it's, they yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's truly a masterpiece. It's so well designed, like in every facet. Like it's it's amazing. It's a great game. And, like, this was kind of, like, the only one of its kind. Resident Evil 5 tried to do this, but... Oh, I... Yeah. I was so disappointed in 5. I've tried to go back to it so many times also. Yeah, Gore and I uh, played through it a little bit, and... Like, we actually played through it and beat it, but... Man, I mean, just some of, like, the the choices in that game are just, like, asinine. Anyway, uh, yeah, because we're... We got 45 seconds here, so... uh, Closing thoughts on Resident Evil 4. It's a top 10 game for me, one of the best games ever made. If you've never played it, play this version. If you have played it, uh, it doesn't offer anything new, so just be aware of that when you're, uh, when you're look- if you're looking to purchase it. And do you think uh, PlayStation Controller is probably the best route? Because, yeah. Uh, I, I think it, it's pretty good on the Xbox Controller also. I played it on 360 when I played it in the last, it'll be, uh, last generation. So okay. it, either one's fine, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, because it... Yeah, I I just yeah, just space wise, uh, Xbox One is kind of my main console. That's the only reason. So, anyway, well, we actually beat that one under the gun there. So, and, oh, here's the timer. How about we just let that run out? <laughs> Resident Evil Four, great game. Oh, yes. there we go. Okay. So, um, you know, I had something else I was playing. I just I don't really feel like it's really warranted talking about. Uh, do you want to talk about the Titanfall beta? I mean, I can't. What were you thinking about talking about? Uh, Oceanhorn. Oh, I was actually curious about that, if it was any good. Cause right. I, was, I mean, Oh, I'll tell you what, then. Said, okay. Yeah, let's you said it. it was a little, I heard it's linked to the Pafty, so I was kind of curious. But, uh. Okay, all right. So, Oceanhorn, PS4. Uh, it's been out on Steam for a while, but it was actually originally like an iOS game. Um, I've had it, never really played it very much, just because like I wanted to support the idea of like these kind of grandiose adventures on on a mobile platform even if they don't like control wise really perform that well I suppose um, uh, I came out on Steam last year I believe and then just a couple weeks ago three weeks ago came out on uh, PS4 and Xbox One um, basically like if you think like aesthetic think of it as like kind of a like Wind Waker-esque um, Basically, there's, like, a few islands left in the world, and you have to sail between each one of them. Each island has its own little, like, things you can do. It really kind of plays like a Zelda game, but it's definitely... I would put it more in, like, a B-tier of Zelda, if I was going to put okay. it in there. It's it's definitely not... I would even say, like, Landstalker for the Sega Genesis was probably a more competent uh, Zelda-type game. Even Alundra for the PS1. Um, okay. This, I, I, I liked it, but... As I got further into it, it started getting a little tedious. Um, traveling between the islands is literally you pick a spot on the map and you just, it sails there automatically and there's occasionally like this like octopus that gets in your way and you have to shoot it 
with your uh, pumpkin seed gun, which I don't remember seeing any pumpkins in the game at all, so I don't know where these pumpkin seeds are coming from. Um, (laughs) And then there's, there's, like, spike balls and crates in the water that you need to, like, blow up, or they, like, knock you down or slow your ship down. It's it's really kind of trivial as far as, like, being an obstacle in the game there. It it just really kind of feels like it's trying to pad it out. Um, a couple of the dungeons are pretty pretty well designed, actually. Um, one of them I got lost on, and I thought, like, I had actually gotten screwed out of... Like, I, I went out of order, and I went to go get... Or use a key on a certain part, and I came back, and I thought, like, I just locked myself out of the dungeon, basically, and I thought I was going to have to start all over, like, the game, not the dungeon. And finally, eventually, like, I... Don't know what exactly happened, but like it seemed like I kind of like glitched through like a piece of um, geometry, and it allowed me to go where I needed to go. And I was like, okay, that was a weird one. So uh, this is a game that definitely does not like you breaking its like kind of main path that it might have set for you. So it's definitely more linear, I suppose. Um, some of the side islands, there's like stuff to explore. You can find like a stronger sword that's completely optional, which it amazes me that it's optional because if you don't get this sword, uh, some of the later boss fights and even just some of the regular enemies, I mean, you can just be sitting there wailing on them. Um, the boss fights even kind of take a cue from Zelda where they'll put the name and then they'll put like a little subtitle of it or whatever. Okay. So it's 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 definitely wearing its uh, inspirations on its sleeves pretty heavily. Even uh, even the boy's outfit it looks like Link's outfit from when he first wakes up in Wind Waker. It's like a little blue tunic, and he's wearing pants. So it's like, oh, okay, wow, yeah, he's really, really going off that Wind Waker aesthetic there. Yeah, I do love Wind Waker. That's kind of, and that's a little appealing. But does it scratch the Zelda itch? Because I've kind of had that Zelda itch because since Breath of the Wild got announced, but I might just be still waiting for Breath of the Wild. It sounds like I would say sounds- maybe two thirds of the game scratches the itch. About a th- the last third of the game, it starts to get a little repetitive, and the combat isn't bad, it's just not great, but I mean, outside of like Wind Waker and maybe Twilight Princess, I mean, the combat in Zelda games has never been like a real focal point, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's a, it gets you from point A to point B yeah, <laughs> so. yeah basically just something to get you in the way of getting to the end um, I did have a major complaint with the final boss like, it was ridiculously difficult compared to the rest of the game like it was just a difficulty Ah. spike that I almost just gave up on I was like well this is the final boss I can surely write my review without having finished the final boss I mean I can I don't I don't don't want that mind yes it's just like yeah this I I don't think there's anything else that's going to happen in the cutscene that's going to make me like turn around what my thoughts in the games are or what the game is and the final boss was definitely souring my opinion of the game more and more as I went on, like, I think five or six times fighting this stupid thing. Yeah, I, I had some similar thing happened to me with a game called Rogue Galaxy. I'd never finished that game because the final boss was horribly designed, and it just, it, it infuriated me, and I, I didn't want to play it anymore. Yeah, that's kind of so. level, that's kind of level five when they're not reined in by some bigger uh, developer or publisher, basically, so that's pretty typical of them, so... I was like the aesthetic of Rogue Galaxy, but I, I never really played it more than like the jungle world. That's the thing as far as I got. So it's a it's a cool game. It's, oh, it's kinda... Any questions? Any questions? Two seconds. I'm good. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Okay, Oceanhorn. Goodbye, buddy. So anyway, <laughs> I look for the review up on the site eventually. I I I've had some personal stuff come back up in my life, and it's been a little bit harder for me to actually sit down and write again. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll get that up eventually. So anyway, uh, did you want to do the Titanfall beta real quick, or skip on that? 
Uh, we can skip the Titanfall beta. It's I don't. I'm, I'm, I don't really know what I'd say about it. It's good. It was good, but I don't know. All right. So we do have one little, one little. I think it's becoming our recurring segment here. We do have uh, <laughs> our Overwatch minute. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, get your thoughts together, because you're gonna have a literal minute, and I want this thing. I want this precise. I want this succinct, and I, I want all the information about this new. Is it a map? It's a map. Yeah. It's a map. I want all the information about this map in one minute. Okay. 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 Ready and. Welcome to the Overwatch Corner. Uh, this this uh, this month I'm talking about the Eichenwald map, which came out. Uh, it's the new September uh, DLC. Uh, they seem to be doing a monthly thing. They had Anna last last month, so I'm guessing a character for October. Anyway, Eichenwald is a map set in uh, I believe Germany, and it is a payload map. And your payload is you esc- you uh, go capture the payload, then escort it to the end. It is super well desi- super well designed. It looks great. It's got a uh, castle like design. Uh, very very uh, uh, interesting choke points in this map, especially on the like the bridge towards the end. Uh, also coming along with this were two skins for Reinhardt. Uh, it's it's kind of his it's kind of his map, and uh, they're great skins. So uh, yeah, play Overwatch. It's great. <laughs> wow, under under the minute. Good job. Okay, so. Uh... Oh, do you have to pay for this one? No, so all all DLC is free. Perfect. Look at that. Look at that. Perfect on the minute there. So, okay. So let's take a quick break, and we are going to come back with uh, our, our revamped news section, which is basically just exactly what you've been listening to. But we're going to be talking about news instead. So, yeah. <laughs> So, first up in the news, um, we're going to talk about Mario Run, we are going to talk about the PlayStation 4 Pro, and we're going to talk a little bit about Shenmue, because uh, Giant Bomb, right, had a little, or had a, pl- or a full playthrough of it? Yeah, it's going up, uh, it goes up every weekday. Okay. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so we're going we're gonna to talk about that as, like, people having um, played Shenmue, or, well, you haven't played Shenmue at all, right? No, it's no. the okay. first time seeing it. Yeah, really I, I, seeing it. Yeah, I played Shenmue when it came out on the Dreamcast. We're talking to like basically like two different generations of people having played and seen this game and like what it means for today. Anyway, we'll get on that once we get there. So we are going to talk about Super Mario Brothers Run, I believe is the name, whatever the the uh, the iOS Super Mario Brothers game, and we're going to talk about that for five minutes because I can't really see too much of a conversation building up around it. But hey, who knows? Maybe we'll get surprised and we'll get cut off, and then the world will never know our complete thoughts. So let's talk about Super <laughs> Mario Run. Uh, Super Mario Run got announced at the Apple keynote where they showed off the iPhone 7, right? And yes. yeah, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto came out on stage and showed uh, Mario coming out on an iPhone, which is something he was kind of the last I was expecting to see on, on an iPhone. Yeah, it's really weird. It's kind of cool, but really weird. It's definitely strange times we're living in. Yeah. So uh. it's it, it's only in portrait mode, which I 
think is a little strange, but um, I th- a couple other podcasts I've listened to have brought it up that I think the reasoning behind that is because you get a lot of people in Japan who, you know, they're on the train and they're holding their phone with one hand and, like, holding a strap or whatever while they're standing with the other. So this way you can play it with one hand. So I guess it makes sense in that in that way since they do tend to seem to design for their, you know, local audience, I suppose. Yes. Um, there's three different modes. I don't really know much about them. One of them, apparently, like, as, like, you compete head-to-head with somebody, or I don't know if it's, like, asynchronous or whatever, but, like, you get toads that'll cheer for you, and whoever has the most toads cheering for you gets <laughs> all of the toads that end up cheering for you, and then you get to bring them to your Mushroom Kingdom, which they did not really explain what the hell that means. So, typical Nintendo fashion, they give you a little glimpse as to what they're doing without actually telling you what that thing is. <laughs> Gotta keep you on your toes. I guess so Mario will basically be moving by himself he'll make small jumps um, and I think jump on enemies by himself but more precise controls do you or like require you to actually control it so like if there's like big leaps or whatever and if you want to make fancier moves I guess you have to control that but I think Mario is always running to the right I don't know if it's if he actually does uh, I think, move to the left I think you can move to the left I, I don't believe it's a runner I don't think it's an endless runner though yeah, I'm no. Sure. Yeah, it definitely yeah. said that the, each each one has a has an endpoint, so it's not endless. I'm just wondering if it's a, just a, it's a he's running automatically, and you don't have a choice but to keep moving him forward, and you have to kind of go through the levels that way. So, I think you can control him a little bit, but I, I'm not the next other person to ask. I don't look too much into this. But, yeah, yeah, even even as somebody who's like you know grew up on Nintendo, and then like Mario Brothers was my jam back in the day. Like I I don't know how interested I'm in I am in this. Um, this is going to be a premium purchase, apparently. Um, like, I think it's a free-to-try, which seems to be most of Nintendo's stuff these days. Um, yeah. You can try it out, and then if you like it, you can buy it to unlock everything, and then I think, I don't know if it offers in-app purchases. It sounds like it's just a, it's just a one-and-done sort of thing. Uh, yeah, it's... I, uh, I, don't, I don't think... Uh, I don't know if Nintendo's going to jump into the free-to-play stuff with this, so I think, yeah, it's probably just going to be a I'm well, they, they sort of have with uh, they sort of have with Mitomo, which is yeah. what it is, and Pokemon Go is a free to play basically. So, I mean, there's hooks to get you to buy stuff, except in most of those game or in both of those games, there's not really much of a, I guess, desire to actually purchase stuff unless like you're in a rural area for Pokemon Go and you can't ever get to a Pokestop to refill your Pokeballs. Yeah, it's a. Uh... I haven't played a lot of Pokemon. I haven't played a lot of Pokemon Go in the past few weeks. I haven't touched it. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I, Chris Kohler over at Wired brought up a good point on both uh, the Game Life podcast and um, the Eight Four Play podcast. I think this last week that this potentially has the like or this like has the like best potential of being the biggest Mario Brothers game ever because of just how many devices yeah. are out there that can play this thing. And you don't need a separate system to go out and buy. You already have a built-in audience, basically. And it's sort of one of those things that, like, it never would have occurred to me to have thought that. And then when he pointed that out, I was like, wow, this this could be the biggest Mario Brothers game ever as far as just, like, how many people actually get their hands on it. And I mean, that's just... That's, it's, yeah. It's, it's going to be the Pokemon Go effect because people know Mario... And they're gonna buy. They're gonna get. In, they're gonna buy this game. So they're gonna be the same. It might not be as successful because it won't be free necessarily. But um, yeah, I think they're. I think they're doing a thing where you can try it for free. So maybe that will get people to try it, and then they'll end up just buying it anyway. 
yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, it'll I, it'll do well. It's gonna do well. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. so far, I mean, outside of Mitomo, Nintendo's done a pretty good job. Well, I guess Pokemon technically isn't a Nintendo property or game, but so far, both of their things, uh, <laughs> you know, it, they, they've they've been kind of weird half steps into it. But I think this is gonna be the full dive. Um, uh, we got eight seconds. John, are you thinking about getting this thing? No, I don't have an iPhone. Okay, well, it's eventually <laughs> coming to Android, but I'm probably going to get it. So, yeah, that was the end of my thought there anyway, so probably good that it that, that counter. I'm not a mobile, game, a mobile game guy in general, so. Yeah. All right, um, let's see. So now now we're going to get on the, what do you think, big topic next? Yeah, this is the, this is the big topic. This yeah, is. so let's, so we're going to be talking about the PlayStation 4 Pro here. Um, what was it, about a week ago they announced this thing, and... Say yeah, last Wednesday, maybe. Yeah, yeah. so it's yeah, it's 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 a it's a big deal, I guess. And uh, I don't know why I suddenly became Italian there. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a me, a PlayStation Pro. Yeah, anyway. So as opposed to my PlayStation Four amateur. So anyway, let's go ahead and put the ten minute starter on. So John, why don't you go ahead and start us off with this thing? Okay, the PS4 Pro was unveiled at Sony's uh, New York, uh, I believe it was New York, uh, press conference they had. And it is their their new, it's their their updated version of the PS4 with some updated hardware in which it can uh, play games in 4K as long as you have a 4K television. It will also upscale uh, games in 1080p. It will upscale them to... At least to look better, not quite, maybe not quite 4K, because I mean you can't. It's not gonna, it's not yeah. gonna work like that. But and it will. There will be. There are games that have been released that will that will upscale with it. I believe Last of Us is gonna have a PS4 Pro edition, or some some something of that sort. Uh, they show they at this conference they showed off Deus Ex, which came out last month. They showed that off uh, with running into this. They showed Paragon, which is out now, I believe. Uh, some it's a free to play thing, so it's probably been out for a while. Uh, and then they showed some of the some uh, some games coming out like more in the like next year like Horizon Zero Dawn, which uh, that game looked look, it's great in general. So it's uh, it just looked a little better. It was it is hard it was hard to show off on the stream uh, the graphical improvements. It's because it's stream, and so it's, it's not gonna it's not gonna work that way. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a little it's a little hard to convey graphical improvements through something that is already like you know, bottlenecked with how well it can show it to you. And there was one, there was one when they did the, uh, the swipe that they did a lot of demos to show like what, what, the game looking better. There was one swipe uh, of Paragon that sh- it this it brings out more, uh, natural color, I guess, something like that. Yeah. Which like kind of seems crazy in a sense. It's just like, uh, yeah. I, more color. I like how many damn colors, and I guess, like, my thing is, is, like, how many damn colors can you have on screen at once? I mean, you know, it's, like, it's capable of rendering X amount of colors, but then you have this. But then you also have the, I wonder if it's going to have, like, a built-in, um, like, calibration thing for TVs because, like, you know, a lot of people don't bother calibrating their TVs. They just take it out of the box and they're like, oh, yeah, this looks great, and then just leave it alone. Yeah. It's, uh... I know a lot of people that do that, and it's just, like, disheartening. Like, you spent that, that much money on a TV and you're just going to let it sit in the factory settings? That's kind of disgusting. Good for you. Uh, um. Anyway, let's see. <laughs> yeah, that's, I agree. Uh, as someone who owns a uh, high-end television, uh, 
I'm looking to see if I, anything worth mentioning. Uh, it they did it, it's coming out November 10th. It will be 3.99, which is the which is the price of the PS4 when it was when it first came out. And the slim PS4 is going to be the 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 cheaper option. It'll be the 2.99 version. Uh, I think it's a good. I think that was a good price point. I mean, that's that was kind of like that's as high as they could have gone. I think without people getting upset about it. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I, so I was happy about that. If uh, it's gonna have, it's gonna come with the pre with the HDMI 2.0, which is what you need for a 4K TV to to play to play in 4K. It will. They're, they just with the new 4.0 update the firmware update that just came out on PS4. It has a option for transferring all your data, which will make it e- much easier to transfer transfer your stuff over to the new PS4 if you plan on getting one. I do wonder if it's going to transfer uh, a certain uh, demo that uh, is no longer available on the PlayStation it will not, Store. It will not. Someone who has switched hard drives before is not going to work. All right. Well, guess I'm hanging out on my PS4 yeah. then. Yeah, I I, rec- I have that hard I have the hard drive with it on there still, so technically I do still have it. Uh, it will not have any exclusive games. They're very adamant about that. Um, it's you'll be able to play all all the PS4 stuff, but it, I mean games are going to look better on the PS4 Pro. It's just, that's just the way it's going to be, most likely. I'm, I'm sh- maybe there'll be certain exceptions where the developer fucks up and it, and it doesn't look that great, but we'll see. Uh, PS uh, the uh, apparently PlayStation VR will run better on Pro. Um, yeah, because it's think got resolution. more gigahertz or GPUs or some I don't know what yeah. the hell it has. But I, no. I, I believe the resolution in the headset will not change, but it will run better. So that's yeah, it's probably a, so it'll, it'll probably be more of a frame rate thing, I would imagine. Yeah, which is important because a, a bad frame rate can make you very sick, from what I've heard in VR. Yeah, so, that's what I've heard too. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, still nowhere near as powerful as like a lot of these system or like a lot of the PCs that are kind of necessary to run a lot of uh, the VR stuff in kind of high-end, non, uh, non-barf non mode, which is kind of still a little depressing to think about and a little scary, but I suppose Sony's developing the PSVR with that in mind, so hopefully they're kind of keeping their audience uh, in mind there with that, and their, like, actual, then the games that are actually getting produced for it. Uh, okay, and I'm going to say I have pre-ordered a PS4 Pro I because I have a 4K television and I want to... Uh, maximize my my investment in my 4K television, so I'm gonna use a, I'm gonna have this PS4 Pro. That being said, um, I if you are not someone who's a, a graphics a graphics nerd, and I'm not really one I'm not much one either, but I, I have gotten more picky as I've gotten older uh, and got and played more. I play a lot of games, but it's it is not a crazy leap. And if you do not have a 4K television, it is not worth the leap, from what I understand. It, games will look better because they're all gonna they're gonna upscale games to uh, because it's still gonna upscale your games, but it will not be in 4K, so it won't be that much better, from what I understand. Yeah, and it, it, it's this weird like half step of a generation. So uh, we're yeah. coming down on three and a half minutes here. So it also supports HDR, which is uh, high dynamic range, which I don't think either one of us really understands. And the only thing I know about it, it is a uh, mode on my iPhone's camera that I turn off. So <laughs> yeah, than, it's uh, yeah. Other than that, I don't know anything about the damn thing. Yeah, they, I know. That, I believe the uh, Xbox One S also has HDR. Also uses HDR, and a, the uh, firmware update, I believe, just um, 
that they just released or is going is going to let you upscale games with HDR, I believe, and just without having a PS4 Pro. I think the, you'll have higher HDR now or something. Um, I don't look too much into that, but they did release that. Uh, it will not play Ultra 4K Blu-ray disc, which is kind of a big thing. A kind of big thing to ha- not have in there. I, and discs, discs are going. Discs are going out. Are going out of style. But and for, and and Netflix and YouTube are going to start streaming in four, in 4K sooner rather than later. So get problem your game is, plans up. Yeah, pro- that's pro- that's the thing. The problem is is if you don't have the bandwidth to do it. It's not gonna it's it's not gonna stream in 4K. It's just not gonna work that way. Uh, so it's if you are someone looking to show off things in 4K or you just like want to maximize this, just take note that you won't be able to have those Ultra 4K Blu-rays. Um, yeah, which is I uh, like. I don't think it's that huge a deal I did originally, but the more you think about it, it's like, yeah, physical media is kind of dying out, and then I see, like, these Ultra 4... The, like, movies that are out on Ultra 4K, I'm like... Or Ultra... Whatever they are. I kind of look at them and I'm like, I don't really want that anyway. It's kind of one of those things It's more like... When, you first bought a D, when I first bought a DVD player, like, you would buy certain movies just because they were good show-off of the tech, and then you kind of realize later, it's like, I don't really care about this movie. It's just more to, like, brag. Like, hey, look how good this sounds, and look how, uh, you know... It's just like, yeah, great, it, cool. Um, yeah, it's this is a weird half step. I'm probably going to skip out on it personally. Um, I would, I, it's, I, I, yeah, I, I know I'm starting to maybe come across as the next Xbox One lover, but uh, I, I would kind of rather just hold my money off and see what the Scorpio is going to bring to the table. Probably I'm getting a Scorpio too, so just to for the to maximize my TV, and I don't have Xbox One yet, so that'll be probably when I get one. Yeah. Depending on the price, I'm a little worried about what they're going to do with the price for the Scorpio because of how much, because of what they're saying about it. And uh, but we'll see. But that is uh, a year from now, so yeah, it could be in that time that they're, they're you know they're waiting so long as to drop the price. Other thing too, I did think it was a little weird that they're you know not doing the Ultra 4K Blu-rays, considering you know so, that's Sony's proprietary format, like they own the Blu-ray yeah. format. So it's like, okay, you guys just keep making your it's, weird decisions. It probably saved some money off the purchase price, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know how much. I will, how much. I, if I'm going to get one, I will wait until there's an Ultra HD drive in there because I'm sure it's going to happen eventually. Well, I mean, we're probably talking like when the Scorpio comes out, they'll probably tool that out at the $400 price, drop the prop, or you know, drop the pro price down to 350 or whatever. And I don't know. I, I can't imagine that this is going to be a even battle for very long. Uh, if when the Scorpio comes out, so I'd imagine Sony will do something to kind of counteract it in one way or another. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say I don't. The name Pro is I can take it or leave it. It's it's kind of, it's kind of oh, yeah. yeah 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 it's kind of game nerdy. Yeah, it's, Pro. it's it's the PS4 Pro. Yeah. It's not for casuals. <laughs> it's it's pretty dumb yeah. ultimately. Like yeah, like I jokingly call it the P, you know my PS4 amateur. I'll I'll stick with that for now. So yeah. So anyway, before we actually talk about this this next one, we're going to talk about Shenmue a little bit. Um, let's give a little little. little I mean, I know we kind of did it at the top of the segment, but you were you were basically watching the playthrough that's going on on Giant Bomb right now. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big uh, Giant Bomb user. So, but yeah, and I've been watching that playthrough there and. That game is is not good. Okay. <laughs> I don't think. Okay, okay. Do you want me to start the timer then, and we'll go? Let's, let's start the timer. Let's oh, go. Okay. <laughs> let's do this yeah. thing. Talk to me about Shenmue, baby. Shenmue is a game in which you 
do absolutely nothing until it ends, as far as I can tell. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to totally disagree with you, but go ahead. I'll let you, I'll let you get your opinion out. Uh, there, I'm not, I don't know how, I don't know how much, how far into the game they are, really. I can't, I've never played it, so I don't know how long it is. Is he driving uh, they, a forklift yet? No, he's not, he's, he's been to the warehouses, but he's not driven a forklift yet. I'm still okay. waiting, I'm still in my seat for the forklift. But, uh. Hang tight, man. Uh, there is a, this game is a lot of running around and talking to people over and over again. And it's got the, what's become common in a Dark Souls game of, and of older games when you have to um, go through, you talk to a person until they repeat themselves, so you have to exhaust all of the dialogue options. And they, the, and the problem with that is, it's, just, it's, it's fine for me, because I, I mean, I play Dark Souls, so I'm used to that now. Uh, it's still, even in modern games, uh, is that the voice acting is not good. Oh, yeah, the voice acting is <laughs> terrible. It is really bad. And for a game that is, Built upon mostly talking and being like a cinematic experience. Oh man! Yeah, I'm just like I've but. always wondered if the Japanese is actually better because it, it sounds like like what they did. So this is a little bit of uh, Shenmue trivia. It's I, I don't remember if they ended up doing it or not, but originally they wanted the voice actors to look like the characters. They didn't care about the quality of the voice acting. They wanted the voice actors to look like the characters. I don't know if it was so they could parade them out at some point and like, hey, look at these people. This is what they would really sound like or what the hell the like the reasoning behind that was. But yeah, the it was just yeah, the voice acting has not aged well. I mean, even even taking it as a perspective thing of this game being, you know, 15 plus years old now, it's it's still pretty bad. I mean, there are, you know, there's like Wing Commander 4 with Mark Hamill or whatever that have held up considerably better than this. Like, I mean, even Metal Gear Solid, I mean, the first one has an age of the best, and but I mean, that game is two years older and it still does voice acting way better than uh, this game ever dreamed of doing. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, yeah, we're talking about the original, not the Twin Stakes remakes where they seem to have sucked all the soul out of it because Kojima got involved with the direction and wanted to, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, take his weird little... <sighs> hand into it so um yeah this is i've I, and I, as i'm watching this i'm trying to um something you've 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 mentioned too is i'm trying to understand its time and place and what it did for gaming but it's just yeah shenmue I, if you're if you're kind of unfamiliar shenmue is this open world game where you're trying to solve a mystery of or like track down the man that killed your father Except yeah. Ryo, the main character, can get distracted by any number of things. Um, you can talk to the townspeople. I mean, I, if I remember correctly, you can actually literally have, because it, it, it is set at a certain date that the game will end. You can literally, I think, have that date go, and it just, you you failed, I think, if I recall correctly. I think I had that happen to me uh, once. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I haven't seen the end of this game, so I'm curious to see if that happens in this playthrough, because there's three people, three people playing, and... One of them, uh, one of them was a fan of the game when it came out, and he still kind of defends it. Uh, another one never didn't like it when it came out, and the guy playing it has never played it and wasn't really sure and was not really aware of what kind of game it was. So his slow realization of what Shemu is is probably the best part of this whole playthrough. <laughs> is his, his slow like because it just like he slowly dislikes it more and more as he plays it. It's yeah, pretty it's, it, it is definitely a product of its time. And it was very, I mean, just, it was ridiculously ambitious for what it was trying to do with the technology it had to work with at the time. Um, 
I, I can't fault it for its ambitions. What I can fault it for is its execution. You come back to it now, and it's it's kind of rough to go through. Um, it, for better or worse, more or less introduced quick-time events into games. Um, the, co- the combat's weird, because it was originally supposed to be like a virtual fighter RPG, if I remember right. Um, like you said, the dialogue is strange. I mean, even... I mean, I, I guess the actual like script maybe isn't terrible... But for long-time listeners of the podcast, remember I spliced in, like, a two-minute segment one time about Rio asking about sailors? It's really weird, like, some of the stuff they choose to do. But there's also a lot of cool little things in there, like, little, I guess, like, if, as much as I don't like collectathons, like, you can, like, collect the little capsule toys. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... There's, like, there's, there's one kid by the capsule, one of the capsule machines that just sits there every day, and he keeps asking you if, he, like, he can, you can buy a capsule for him, and Rio just kind of, like... He kind of he acknowledges him, and then he kind of just doesn't respond, and then you just buy a capsule in front of this kid every day, and I find that kind of funny. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> there is some unintentionally amusing aspects to this game. Um, it's, I mean, you know, there's the famous forklift driving scene now. Um, there's just, there's a lot of weird yeah. stuff, and also some of the stuff it did. I mean, it added in like arcade games that you could go, like Rio would go into the arcade and sit down and play these arcade games. You could play the full version of these arcade games, which was. You know, at the time, like, inconceivable. Yeah. I think it has Wing Commander in it. uh, No, it couldn't have. They they were all Sega property, so it would probably be uh, Afterburner. Uh, Yeah, there's two. There's two full games in there. I know there's Space Harrier. Space Harrier, that's what what I'm thinking of. Space Harrier. Yeah, I was going to say, Wing Commander is a uh, very slow PC, like, uh, like X-Wing type game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really cool. Like some of the stuff they added into it. Like I said, for its time, what it did was just unbelievable. I mean, when I played it, I was just like, "Holy shit!" The things that that are in this game are just nuts. Um, you could go through drawers, like almost every drawer in the game, you could open up and go through. At least in Rio's house. Granted, there's nothing in ninety percent of the stupid things. So now it's like, oh, well, this is a stu- why. If you're not going to put anything in there, why would you allow me to go through every single one of these things? But at the time, it added this like sense of just this world being a real thing. It was really intense. And but like I said, going back to it now, it's it's definitely like you see what things have evolved from it. But the things that have evolved from it have evolved leaps and bounds beyond this thing. And it kind of does make me a little we'll say tepid about Shenmue 3, because, yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm now hugely invested in Shenmue 3. I can't wait till it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm really hoping after, 15, you know, with the 15 years of game design that's happened that they take some of this into account, but I, I'm not sure, because I really would like to play it through again to a point, but... I don't know, the idea of playing Shenmue again, it's kind of one of those things, like, I want to put it in my big bucket of uh, who gives a fuck and just throw it in there, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a slow burn. <laughs> it's, slow, it's slow, slow burn. I don't know about burning. Still, it's, it's a slow. It's still burning. Yeah. It's still burning where I'm at, so just it's, waiting for it to pop off, you know? Yeah, I mean... Did, did you know that, uh, they plan on making 16 parts of Shenmue? Yes. Was yes, I did. 16. I did. I'm I'm afraid of what that means. This game is what the end of this game is going to be, and how much is going to happen in this first game. Well, Shenmue Two, they uh, they condensed and consolidated down quite a bit of the original uh, original plan because, um, 
I don't want to say it single-handedly did it, but it certainly didn't help Sega's fortunes. Um, this game cost so much money at the time to make, uh, on top of, you know, the Dreamcast kind of flailing about in its last year. I mean, it was only on the market for, like, three years anyway, so, I mean, it didn't really do well. But um, this game, like, sometimes is blamed single-handedly for destroying the Dreamcast and taking down... Um, you know, Sega in the console market. So, Yu Suzuki's little fantasy of this thing may have been a little too ambitious. I think now, like, if you look at this game and if you, like, put into, like, account, like, 15 years of game design and made it a lot more succinct, this probably would have been a nice little downloadable thing where they could have made it, like, 15 or 16 chapters or whatever and did it as, like, a downloadable game. I think they probably could have managed that, but... You know, like I said, they would have had to cut a lot of it out. Not a triple A release, though. It's, it's like no. it was being treated. It's just too much. It's just <laughs> no, but I mean, there were there were TV commercials for this thing, and like I, I think I even remember seeing a commercial for this in a movie theater, and it was just like, holy hell! I mean, it looked. I mean, like I said, put yourself in the context of what was out at the time, and this game looked like nothing else on the market. I mean, it was amazing looking, and. The fact that the whole thing was voiced, even if it was poor, it was still voiced, and it was just, yeah. I mean, just the most inconsequential characters had voices and everything, so it was just, like I said, for its time, it was something truly special, it just, now it's kind of one of those things that it's better to kind of live off in your memory if you have played it, and don't go back to it. I just, yeah, I think it is kind of sad when ga- games don't age well, like I was, as I was talking about Resident Evil 4 earlier, as a game that's aged pretty perfectly like yes. this is like the exact opposite of, or like games like link to the past or or, Mar- or yeah just like it's kind of it's kind of sad that you can't go back to some of these games yep it is so anyway that wraps up uh that wraps up this uh abbreviated i say i don't know a little more succinct i guess we try to pull a, uh, a revamp of shenmue on this um quick little final note here i mentioned to you off the air but in case there's listeners out there for whatever reason uh you want to track down shenmue you can actually get the second disc or second game on the original xbox and i believe it's backwards compatible on the 360 and if you get a copy with it it also comes with uh, shenmue the movie which is a basically just a cut up version of the first game and into cutscenes basically so you don't actually have to suffer through playing the thing if you don't want to uh Shenmue 2 does I guess it kind of rein it in a little bit more so there's a little bit uh, I don't know how to put it but it, it's a little bit more playable than the second one is and there there's an underground duck race in it so I kind of Shenmue okay. 2 I will okay. always kind of it will always hold a special place in my heart <laughs> just for that so I mean underground I'm duck racing interest peaked <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at the very least, look up the just look up Shenmue Two and Duck Racing, and that'll uh, yeah. So, anyway, um, that about wraps it up for this podcast. Um, I think, considering how succinct we can keep this, I should be able to get this on uh, out weekly now. So this, uh, this this could be nice for us. So, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, you know where to go for the website and the twitters as far as the official site stuff goes. Uh, John on Twitter, you are. John Lucero 777. And I am Jason Ariola. And as for the podcast, that wraps up this episode. And we will talk to you guys, let's say, next week. Let's say that. Yeah, let's do that. Hopefully Anthony will be on. Hopefully Luke will be on. And we can have we can see how troublesome this is with more than just two people. But I think this will invite uh, an interesting uh, perspective on things if we've got to all just keep our thoughts very tight. So anyway, speaking of keeping things tight, that's the end of the show. And we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>